Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland, fired it down, and Whitmore blew it. Bounces down to Bergeron, he takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar, the snapshot, over to Rossi, gets loose, and Bergeron scores! Hello, Bruins fans. Welcome back for episode 74 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing this week? Doing good. Doing great. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, the uh, the Bruins uh, have certainly stepped up their game um, to end the month of November and, uh, and starting off the month of December on a great note. Um, jumping into it, um, the win against Tampa Bay, three to two victory, was uh, a solid win against a team that is just crushing everybody in the league. So, um, you know, having the Bruins team beat a team like that is just just good things moving forward. And not only that, we have people coming back healthy, so that's it's all positive. And uh, the only other game of the week last week was the. Yesterday's three to nothing win against the Philadelphia Flyers at Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, statement game right there for a certain goaltender, I think. A certain goaltender. That certain goaltender. Just to uh, uh, Kevin Dupont. As much as I almost don't want to follow him sometimes because he puts all this political stuff out there, he uh, he actually uh, put out a tweet this morning that I 
I had to definitely. So Rask in the last three starts is 2-1-0 with a 1.67 goals against and a 9.40 save percentage. Oh, solid numbers. Nice. Solid mm-hmm. numbers. It, it, I mean, for me, it's really good to have that one-two punch. I mean, you got Hudobins that's playing well, and I'm, I, I recognize when the player is doing well. And so that's that's just good that's just good vibes moving forward. I mean, like I said, the, the team's getting healthy, got solid goaltending. I mean, I'm changing my tune a little bit now. You know, I, I think this could be, I'm still saying a fringe playoff team, but they could even make it to the second round if, if, if you know, just, just by the small sample size we have for right now. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get that graph that keeps coming out every year. That's like percentage to make it to every round. And even last year, the Bruins were like favorites to make the the uh, semis. So I, I just don't understand it. I don't get them graphs. I think the the Bruins, if they keep playing like this, they'll make the playoffs. But will they go deep? Do they have enough depth? Right. Maybe not. Right. Yeah. Remains to be seen. But, I mean, it, it's definitely positive moving forward. Um, I thought they they played. I I thought they played, even though they played a terrible team. And I I won't uh, deny that. They're a very bad team that they played yesterday. But they played so well for the first time in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely dive into that later on. Um, But the uh, the upcoming week uh, starts tomorrow night in Nashville. Um, This is a team that the Bruins did beat the first game of the season back in October. So uh, I think it's going to match up well, even though that the, the this is the first time we've seen the Nashville team with um, Kyle Turris, the uh, Kyle Turris edition. So uh, I haven't really followed up much on on Nashville right now. I'm going to give it a quick look, but they're the third in the West uh, in the Central Division. So it's it's you know it's going to be another big test for this Bruins team on the road and. Thursday, they play the Arizona Coyotes, um, which I, I hopefully they run right over, and that's at TD Garden. And Saturday, to end the week, um, they're playing the New York Islanders at home. And that's a, that's a team right there that's, that's really, really playing well. Um, even though they're sitting in the, uh, in the first wildcard position right now, the, um, Tavares and, and the boys are, um, you know, they don't have a home regulation loss yet, which is pretty impressive for that team. Yeah, and they're, they're playing really strong, like you said. Uh, that's that's definitely going to be a tough test, as well as Nashville as well. Yeah. So it's gonna, it's just going to be. I think there'll be really fun games to watch. Yeah, we've actually we've actually beaten good teams and stunked out the joint against bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. On majority of the season, like the fact that we just won three nothing, and as as much as you know, certain people are going to say that he didn't face any hard shots, but uh, they finally took the monkey off their back this year and didn't stink out the joint against a team that is pretty much an embarrassment every time they step on the ice. Yeah, My, and he did he did face some different no no no. no. I'm saying, a, I'm saying in the third yeah. period he kept them in the game. Like there was a chance for Philly to even though the goal got called back, but besides that, there was a couple times where. Tuca on uh, who is it? Uh, Kootenay. He, there was a great save on the breakaway. Yeah, 
And he really good save. Once again, he's back to making it look effortless. And then people are saying he's not trying, which, you know. I just, he say. just looked so calm in that game yesterday, yeah. which was a lot different to what we've seen him be like. Yeah, he was um, just a little skeptical in his first game back. He was a little yeah. jump. But yeah, he looked he looked great out there. It's good to see. Yeah, it's it's definitely good to see that he's taken he took the time off. I believe it was um, four or five games that he had uh, that Hudobin started um, while he sat on the bench and watched. I, I think that was a positive thing for him and the organization to to sit back and say, "Listen, you know, we're gonna do this one A one B thing." Um, hopefully it works with you. So, I mean, you know, obviously he took it to, to heart. He worked really hard. I, I've heard from people that are, are in attendance um, at practices before games that he's there before the whole team goes on working on certain things with uh, goalie coach Bob Asenza. So um, I believe that, you know, it's a small sample size for, for Rask right now um, compared to where he started the year, but uh, I like the way he's looked. I like the way that the team's moving forward and and they're playing well. But the, the thing that pisses me off is like, you know, you got a three nothing shutout. Just be happy about the goddamn win. I mean, oh, he, yeah. I mean, why nitpick everything? Just smile and say yes, the Bruins won. Not well, this could have happened and that could have happened. It's like I just sometimes I just don't get certain people. Can we talk about the that. hit from Provorov as well? That was. Not bad at all. It was just Marshand had his head down coming out of the zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I I thought it was uh, um, I thought it was a good hockey play. I mean, yeah. I just thought, yeah, Marshand just happened to catch that head down and so on. But, but I mean, when you go back talking about the Philly game, I thought like uh, Shane Gossespierre was it just a, a complete piece of crap. Oh, that hit! Yeah, on it's like on the uh, with the Bruins were on the penalty kill. Yeah, I believe so. I think yeah, and Marshan dumped it in to get a change and, and just run him over. Well, he he hit him straight across the head with his stick. Yeah, that cross checked him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> and he's not normally a player like that. Right, he's quite a calm, laid back defenseman. So it was kind of weird to see. But, but I like, think Marshand had just gotten under every player's skin that game. Oh yeah, especially yeah, I, the goal called back. I, I loved his 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 stupid penalty he took for cross checking. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah was, I mean, like Jack Hagwood said yesterday afternoon, it was very selfish. But you know that, but that's Philly though. I mean, and I, I'm gonna absolutely dump on that team because you know they're down three to nothing. They got nothing to lose, but why not go out there and try to hurt somebody? So yeah, yeah. Um, how one thing that and uh court was a, a really awesome guy for setting the uh, agenda today um playing with a full team definitely is 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 going in the right direction um having Bacchus back it almost seems like the, the grit factor is back on this team and you could definitely see that when he when he came back in the uh, Philly game, um, it was good to see. I I was really surprised that guy's a tank. I mean, having uh, diverticulitis and then shortly after that having ten inches of your colon removed, and then coming back twenty seven days after the surgery, uh, very early. 
it, it's, it was a positive sign for him. Um, I thought he looked pretty good, and I thought he brought a level of competitiveness uh, that I was just kind of blown away by. Yeah, and I said that I thought he'd look more pissed off with the fact that he'd been away, and he has. He's he's played good. Yeah, I've really enjoyed having him back. I think he's one of the missing parts of this team that we needed back. I know a lot of people were saying that do the Bruins really miss David Backus? But by the looks of things, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he 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 looked. Uh, as, as I've said before to you, Mark, uh, I was so happy how good he played and showed because I'm, I'm a fan of Bacchus. You know that. Yep. Um, I think I think he brings a lot to this hockey club. I know the contract is what it is, but you know what? I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't care what people say. Uh, shut up about contracts. Just let the guys play hockey. I understand they make a lot of money, but you know what? I don't care. Um, what he brings to this hockey club. It's too. It's hard to put even a thing on. He just goes in the corner. He does all these things that the guys are not afraid to do. And then once he does it, he shows guys what they can do. Like a guy like Jake DeBrusque is going to be able to learn a lot from David Backus. Oh yeah, it's a prime example. Like, and and then having Krejci and Bergeron back in the lineup at the same time. I think we've lost one game since they've been in back in the lineup together. One, yeah. which is which is huge, man. You get you get more players back from injury. I mean, just just imagine what this team's going to look like when you get McQuaid back, which is, he's he's skating. Debrusk is shortly to come back. I'm sure Krejci's um, still on the day to day. Oh no, I'm sorry. Did Krejci play yesterday? Krejci, Krejci played. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. My my bad. Um, okay. So I mean, it, everything's looking looking good as of right now. So, um, the, it it does make me think. Wow, what if we had a full roster all year? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. especially with teams like Montreal. Even I don't care. They're ten one score. Whoop de woo. They beat Detroit. Detroit's terrible. Yeah. Um, that's like if we beat Philly ten one, I wouldn't be like, oh, we're the best team ever. Um, <laughs> especially with teams just not playing that well, like Toronto. We've got so many games up on Toronto. Um, we could we could easily be second in this conference. I I, I still don't think we'd go be ahead of Tampa Bay, but. We could easily be in second place if we had a full roster all year. Yeah, and oh yeah. Uh, as of right now, the uh, after twenty four games, the Bruins are twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> twelve eight and four, twenty eight points, three points away from uh, a wild card spot, um, and uh, seven points behind Toronto. Um. So they're definitely. Like how many games in hands do the Leafs have on us? Like we have on the Leafs, I think it's three. Uh, no, it is four. You were right. Four, yeah. Because they played so, twenty. They played twenty-eight, and the Bruins played twenty-four. That's huge. And... Like last year at this time, it was us. Remember, we were like, "Oh, we're we're doing all right," and then we're like, "Ugh, we got so many games played over everybody." Yep. Yeah, but then we got like this month. We got I think it's three back-to-backs. Uh, yeah, but we're healthy now, so it's okay. Yeah. It's scary but, how it worked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just how that's gonna how that's gonna affect the players who have just come back from injury, playing back to back games. We, mm. But we have those youth that can play a little bit more minutes that Cassidy can lean on. Like if we can get DeBrus back and and we've got Bjork back, those guys can play just a tiny bit of more minutes against certain teams. 
Yeah. And yeah. as 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 we can all see, Bergeron can just do Bergeron. Just, just let him go out there. <laughs> Guy's an amazing player. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, speaking of amazing, and hey, question for you guys. Go I ahead. had someone call this by me. Claude Giroux or or Patrice Bergeron? I'm laughing. Oh, I... I saw this. I'm, I'm oh, sorry. What happened? There was a comment on a thing about uh, a guy would trade Bergeron. Bergeron for Claude Giroux. Straight up. In an instant because he thinks that we would win the cup if we had uh, Claude Giroux on the team. It was, it was pretty comical. I, I... And then he said that um, that Bergeron is not tough enough. Yes, uh, yes. And doesn't play a gritty game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if we had Giroud, then he'd play a gritty game and we'd and win I, more. And I asked more than once if he was just messing with me. He's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. I, He's like, I'm it, did, it did just seem like a trolley thing, especially when he said Bergeron's not tough enough. And then yeah, I saw I, the comment about the punctured lung situation. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. That's like saying guys like Rich Peverly weren't tough and yeah, it, yeah it's just it was, it was pretty funny no yeah. yeah yeah i just wanted to throw it i just I, I i couldn't stop laughing about it i'm like really i'm sorry i'm sorry to the person that they listen to the podcast but i'm sorry like yeah. Giroux was an extra on team canada and bergeron was on the starting lineup with crosby my rebuttal yeah. my rebuttal to that would have been how many times has claude Giroux been nominated for a sulky i, I i've never seen it Oh, I think Claude Giroux is a good hockey player. Oh, I, I do too. I do too. I'm not yeah. down. He's down an offensive, talent. offensive yeah, but talent, never, but no. Never. I don't think there's any GM in the league that would be like, you know what, I'm going to take Giroux over Bergeron. Yeah, Even yeah. right now, as of this day, right now. I don't think he's a two-way player like Bergeron at all. And I, and I think that's what makes him a more complete player over a player like Giroux. So. Hey, and if he could have brought a Stanley Cup to Boston by coming here, why did he lose 3 nothing? And why has his team lost 10 <laughs> games in a row? Right. He, he doesn't bring anything. I'm sorry, he's a very good hockey player, but I still say Wayne Simmons is the best player on that team. Yeah. Oh, the Wayne train. I, mean, I seriously yeah. love that guy. The way he gets yeah. right in front of the net, it's crazy. I don't care if he elbowed Rask yesterday and got a goal taken away, but... Uh, I am a total accident, though. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. It, it worked out in our favor. It did. Yeah. It did. <laughs> and it, it worked out with hockey pool, I had Rask, so it worked out even And better. anyone nice. who says that Rask doesn't care about the team, did you see the guy when... He when that goal went in, he was straight over to the ref screaming and shouting. Yep. And how awesome was it how Cassidy didn't even look at the replay and already called for a challenge beforehand and then looked at it. He took Rass work. He was like, All right. Yeah. Right. He's showing confidence in him, which is what they needed. And the team, the whole rumor of the team didn't play well in front of Rass. Well, that's out the window now. So it was just bad luck. All right, people. It is what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Segueing into um another art uh topic that um, I wanted to touch on was the um, the faith that Cassidy has in Rask. Um, I mean, I know us three know know his capabilities, whether you know popular opinion or not. Um, it's important for him. I mean, I I understand that Hudobin had a nice run, you know, seven zero and two, good goals against, and a really 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 high uh, save percentage, but. I like the way Cassidy was talking about that you can't have, you can't just ride Hudobin like that. You can't ride him as a number one because he's not a number one. Even though he plays like one, it doesn't mean he is one. So, yeah. uh, the faith that Cassidy and the coaching staff have in Tuca, 
moving forward is huge. You, I mean, I'm not talking about contract. I'm talking about how effective Rask plays on a, a well-balanced schedule. Now, I'm not saying that he should go from December to April and, and you know, all the games, but this should be a healthy mix. And, and, and Rob, you touched on it um, a little while ago about the, the back-to-back schedule. I'm looking at the schedule right now in December, and there's, there's a lot of games where Hudobin's going to need to be there and bring that game that we all saw in previous yeah, and and it's proved that with time off, Hudobin's shown to be better than he is when he plays back to back to back. Right. I I I think he's honestly going to be a hell of a lot better backup goaltender if he if they give him a break. Maybe play him two games in a row if they split games. Maybe give him two starts in a row, but then play Rashford like four or five yeah and then put him back in for another two like if he's still hot like he is i'd i'd happily play him two games in a row but i wouldn't start giving him starting role right type of minutes i'd still leave that with Rath. let let Rath play four let hudobin play two why not that yeah there's nothing wrong with that at all yeah i mean the, the ultimate goal is to get points at the end of the night and and you know whoever's doing it it, you still have to have a healthy balance of 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 one A one B goaltending, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you you hit the nail right on the head with what Cassidy Cassidy the whole time, even when Rask was going through the slump, everything, even when Hondobin was playing well, he never steered away from saying, "Well, no, Rask is my number one." Right. Like he he didn't change his tune once. He didn't say, "Oh no, it's uh, you know Hondobin is a goalie controversy." He was like, "No, there isn't." He's Rask is number one. We just got to get him back and going. Yep. And he installed confidence in him by putting him in in the last couple of games. And it worked. And Absolutely. everybody's like, he looks like a genius. No, he just knew. He he sees them every day. As much as people want to complain and be an armchair GM, um, he, the coach is the one that sees them every day and knows better than us. So, sorry, people. Rask is the number one goalie, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's let's touch on uh, some Charlie McAvoy. I, I feel we don't talk about him as much as we should. Um, I do. I I, I know <laughs> I know, but I love the kid. Amazing player, amazing talent, and and for his age to absorb what he's done so far is just it is amazing. And uh, the minutes he's eating in in certain situations is just phenomenal, in my opinion. I I don't remember. Anybody in the past having having the faith that this coaching staff has in a young player like him in the past, uh, I'm not sure if I'm the only one that notices that, but um, it, it's good to see. I mean, he's he's got, got so much. Speed. Maybe since Bergeron, maybe since Bergeron, even though he's not a defenseman, maybe right. since Bergeron, the amount of faith off the beginning. Yeah, I mean, and Bergeron goes back to uh, it's been a while. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was the o four o five maybe, o three o four. Not totally sure about that, but uh, he just he's just a solid kid, and he throws his body around, um, and it transitions well. He's got good at vision, and I mean, I just I see so much potential in this kid. Leads the defense in minutes. Yeah, and more than one game. He and he's had one bad game, but the team had the worst game of the year. But that was against Edmonton. Where yep. he was a minus two. Yep. But you know, Tampa Bay. He has twenty eight minutes and eleven seconds. Goal assist. 
two points plus two quality minutes. And then against Philly, he's getting 20 minutes, but because they were Cassidy probably looked at it. Okay. We don't, I don't need him out there. I can, I can ride the other guys. Um, I'd like to see what everybody else's minutes were that game, but, uh, he is killing it. He's getting 24, 27 minutes a game, just running it up. Cassidy's showing more faith in him than anybody else on his back end. More than Char. And he's, he's getting like every possible minute that they can give him. He's getting power play time, PK time, four on four, three on three, five on five, everything. Like they trust him in all situations. And that's the best thing about it for a guy who's only just come in the league. So it's good to see. Yeah. It's even better to see as I just pulled up the, uh, the CBSSports.com uh, injury report, and we go, went from eight players down to three. Uh, Peter Klaharik is still out with a leg injury. Worst Jake, luck on the team. Yeah, Jake DeBrusk, uh, upper body, and Adam McQuaid, the leg. So that that's really that's a positive thing to see moving forward. And and it, you know I hate to say this about injuries, I, or, I, but you kind of have to that if if anybody if going to suffer through injuries the beginning of the season is like the best time to do it i know there's no time for injuries but um you're not coming down to a playoff run and and trying to get those squeak those points out with with a depleted roster and 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 heavily relying on your on your youth to you know do what they can uh with with minimal experience um i think the youth insertion while injuries have happened have just brought these kids game uh, to a whole new level. And it's, it's really good at this time of the season because they could be very valuable assets later on in, in the uh, February, March and April. Yeah. So, Who do you think is going to be out the longest though, out of them three? Uh, I think, I think. Cleric. Yeah. I mean, McQuaid's already skating. Uh, Dabrowski is skating and Cleric is still, uh, he's going to be evaluated, I believe, in another three weeks. Uh, they really don't – they know where the general area of his injury is, but it's not to a point that they think that they might need surgery. So after that full week time frame, they'll reevaluate, and then if he has to have yeah. surgery, he'll have it. And then, I mean, it depends on what it is and the, the surgery. Yeah. Uh, it it could, was from that knee on knee, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So looking at the stats, the reason why McAvoy only had 20 minutes is because we had so many penalties. Because Carlo and Chara, they had eight minutes. They had eight and a half minutes each, shorthanded yes. on the ice. So he comes in on the on the penalty kill to shore up the defense. Yeah. So McAvoy came in at a minute. So like he even tried to give him ice time by putting him on the penalty kill. Yeah. Crazy. The good oh. thing is, like, if you look back at like. One of the players that he's like similar to is Drew Dowdy, and people are saying that he's outplaying how Drew Dowdy was playing in his rookie year. Did you guys see that crazy thing on Twitter where the person said that Jacob Chichirin is better? Oh, I did. I did see that. That was good. That was good too. I did see that. I've seen people say they'd rather have Thomas Chabot. Yeah, they're crazy. But I, I just don't. Like, he is definitely the best young defenseman in the league right now. The only other guy who's anywhere near to him is Zach Wierenski. And he's, what, been in the league two years? 
Well, that's so. like Hags this week going on and on and on about Debrinkat. Every team passed on this guy because of his size. It is what it is. And then he tried yeah, but to say also, that he, he, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. Like, you can go through any draft and go, they should have took this guy. They should have took this yeah. guy. Like, come on. Yeah, but people. did no one else see the fact that Hags had put that they should start um, getting young Canadian kids like Debrinkat? He's American. Oh, it, it gets even better if you go through the stats. They actually, I was surprised because I've always said it. I'm like, oh, they're taking all these U.S. guys. They haven't actually. They've been taking yeah. some guys from the OHL and such, and especially this draft. It was all over the place. A lot they of have, the a lot of the guys from university and college that have come through the Bruins have been undrafted. Yes. So, I mean, I, I think it, it's just a closer place. They see more of these undrafted kids around the area. I mean, the, I, I guarantee the Bruins must hold, like, tryout things. Just take the best player available. And if you yeah. if you mess up in the draft, like, people complaining about the Bruins drafting over the last years, it just makes me laugh considering the players that we have coming down the pipeline. Like, what do you have to complain about? Like, seriously, you're complaining about Dabrinka. Like, come on. Get your head out of your ass. The amount of, like, fifth rounders they've turned into gold in the last little bit, and we're complaining about one guy? Come on, yeah. really? The only one that click, I've clickbait articles. The only one I've had the tiniest little problem with, and it's just like a little bit of doubt, was Euro Vakanainen last year. Yeah, and we'll, I think we'll that's see. just because he plays in Europe, and there's not that much you can find on him, like game tape wise. Hey, right. hey Mark, so, how about Ryan Donato? Yeah, uh, maybe Mark oh, can talk a little bit about how amazing and how amazing him and Trent Frederick are doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. That goal. That goal against Quinnipiac, yeah, that goal against yeah. Quinnipiac on Friday night was just absolutely crazy. And um, oh, I'm going to uh, definitely touch on it later on in the uh, weekly prospect report. But um, it's just an example of two guys that everybody's like, "What were they thinking when they took him?" And yeah. Even Jake DeBras, people are like, "What were you yep. thinking when they took him?" Yep. And he's he's going to be once he's back, he's going to be a second line left winger playing with Krejci yeah. and Pasta. Like, come on, people. Yeah, the um, I think. Uh, I, I don't have my notes in front of me because I'll do that later. But the uh, uh, Donato, I believe, has uh, points in uh, eleven straight games, and that and that goes back to the beginning of the season. He's only played yeah, he in eleven has, games. Some people are saying he's the best player not in the NHL right now. Yeah, I mean, the ECAC is is it's it is a strong conference, uh, more or less the, a bunch of Ivy Leaguers and so on, but. Um, it's not easy. Quinnipiac's a good team. Um, Doesn't and... he have like 17 points in 14 games or something at the moment? Brian Donato. I believe something so. Like that. Uh... Yeah. He's playing out of his skin. And I think Court said it on one of the uh, one of the videos on Facebook. Just said he's a man playing against boys. That's yes. what it looks like. Yeah, it's, it literally. That's why the people are saying because I, I was I was reading. Someone was like, "Yeah, he's the best player not in the NHL, including the AHL right now." I'm like, "Wow, that's a compliment right there." Yeah, and the it's just if you, the there was a there was an article about Ryan Donato uh, talking about like during the time where he's with just his dad, and he said the the coaching never goes away because he's with his dad all the time. Right, his dad's always coaching him to be a better player on and off the ice. So it's twenty four seven, just constant teaching and teaching and teaching. And his hockey IQ is just above anything. All these kids with former NHL dads, 
they must all go through it where all it is is there's constantly a way to learn. Yes. Uh, it's man. the pedigree. Well, well some of them anyway. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> doesn't work out for the kid, all right? <laughs> <laughs> the coaching is great. Just sometimes the kid doesn't have the skill. Did he not teach you how to throw hands, though? Uh, no. no. I, my, my dad wasn't a fighter. He was tiny. <laughs> well, he was 5'5". Five, five. He was like one of the fastest guys in the league. Anyways. Yeah, but you got to be a feisty guy to be that small and play hockey. Not back in then. You just skate away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Big brutish guys that come. Yeah, think be. about it. He played the Broad Street Bullets against the Flyers. You think he's yeah. fighting them? Come on <laughs> it's pretty tough to get away when your ice surface is 190 feet wide long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just pulled up Ryan Donato's stats. He's got 15 <clears throat> points in uh, 10 games played. Oh. He's got there eight goals go. and seven assists. Um, he, he's, he's, he's still wicked good. Yeah, and he had yep. a hat trick on Friday night, December one against Quinnipiac. And from everything I've heard about him, he's good a good two way player as well. Oh yeah. Not just offensively, he's good both ends of the ice, so that's good to know. And he hasn't he gone from playing the wing the past few seasons to now playing centre? Yeah, I think so. in his development that um his father, which is Harvard coach, is um getting him used to being a versatile forward. And I think that is installed down from the Bruins. Um, Cause I know that in Providence, they do a lot of that. So you get the, the, the Peter Claharic type. People look at his stats and go, why is he called up before somebody else? You really have to look at that versatility. They can bring him up and, and, and have him at one position, but they also have an option. If something happens to another player that he can be moved to another. And I think they're trying to get that more involved in, in a lot of other players. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's good to have, you know. I mean, Ryan Spooner played the wing the other day, and I thought he did hey, pretty good. I, th- I thought he played even well last night. Like, he, yeah. he sorry, af- yesterday afternoon. But I think it's even more funny. People are complaining about things now. Just wait in, like, two, three years when everybody starts, fans are going to lose their mind out of these draft picks that are, according to some writers, are not that good. Um, yeah. When we have to decide who we keep and who we trade, yeah, because yeah, some guy there's going to be like Carlo and Carlo and forwards are ready for the NHL, and we can't fit all of them on yeah. there. So Carlo and McAvoy are going to be the future of this defense, and they're both going to get re-signed. Um, a lot of people are even suggesting that Boston should try and Sweeney should start looking into re-signing both of them this summer before they even become. Wow. Yeah. Well, because you, you're gonna you save on it. Yeah. yeah, you do. You do because all all has happened. The the odds are it goes up every year. And McAvoy right now is going to get a bigger deal than uh, than Carlo. And the last thing you want is you see Drew Doughty's comment. He's like, "I'm going to get him and Carlson. Both are like, we're going to get the money we deserve." Yeah, yeah. Like Arrow Carlson might not be an Ottawa senator. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. but like like what um, what Rob was touching on, and I, or trying to anyway. Um, when you're talking about your saving, and I, I, want, I just want to go on that. Um, you, you, Bruins management would be saving on that because you won't have so many players at that time that they're going to be needed to, for new contracts after the ELCs are over. Um, it's going to be a lot of work that summer. So if you can sign them earlier, you free but up, still, they, you free up two not... more players, two players that you don't have to sign right, yeah, right no, away. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. 
Because you're going to have, just think about it, you have Carlo McAvoy, we've talked about it, Carlo McAvoy, and then the following year you're going to have Heinen, DeBrusque, Bjork, like all of them. Like, think about it. Everybody was all happy that we signed them all. They're all at the same time. We're going to be free agents again. Right. Yeah. Like, it's it's it was great that we signed them, but, you know, I, I said it before. I, I know the odd man out on the defense eventually will be, to me, even though I think he's been playing better, even though people like to dump on him, is Toy Krug. He'll be the odd man out. Um, it's just the way it is. Uh, I, I doubt Tim Schaller will be back next year or Riley Nash. Just right. won't be in the cards. But there's going to be odd man out. And on the defense, 100% it'll be Krug will be that guy that gets traded eventually in the next couple of years just because they bring in these young kids. But on the forwards, I don't even know. I look at the forwards right now and I'm like, ugh. Like you're never going to get rid of Marchand. You you trade uh, Bergeron and you're, you know, might as well get yourself fired. Um, it's a tough one. <clears throat> Krejci, you look- yeah. You try, and, you try and move Krejci. Yeah. Look at it as well. You got going down the center. You got Bergeron, uh, Krejci, Bacchus, uh Riley Nash, Austin Zarnik, Sean Corrali, Jacob Forbacks of Carlson. Wow, uh, someone just didn't call him JFK. Impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you got guys like Colby Cave who probably won't ever make it to the NHL, even though I thought it was going to be quite a good prospect. Um, He's been playing really good lately. Going, yeah, going down the line though, you've got you've got um, Trent Frederick, um, Jack Stegnicka, Jack Stegnicka. Uh, you got so how much and, center depth? Ryan hey, Donato, Heinen and York, and all those guys can play center too. Yeah, yep. but it, that's just a list of players that are fringe NHL players. Like other than Jack Stegnicka, what what Cedric who Pyatt not, like? Uh, he's a center. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, baby Bergeron, he's center. Yep. Yep. And then then you look at the depth of like fringe NF, uh, NHL players in the next two seasons on defense. That's even bigger list. And if guys like Euro Vakanainen over in Europe start playing well and all of a sudden think that, all oh, right, it's time to jump to the NHL, how do you fit those guys in as well? Right. Like this pipeline is stuffed and half of the players unfortunately, aren't going to want to stick in the AHL because you'll end up with the same thing as Koklachev, where mm-hmm. they never get a chance because they can't make it up because the pipeline is so stuffed. Yeah, hey, if, if, Sweeney, if Sweeney's not in line for GM of the year, um, like if the Bruins make the playoffs this year, considering all the injuries he had, um, I'd be shocked solely yeah. based on it's all because of the youth that he brought into the system. And think about what the Bruins persevered. As much as people wanted to dump on them, like I, I know some people that are friends of mine that they were really depressed a little bit about this team, and uh, they needed some talking to every now and then. And it's just they were injured, and no one wanted to give them an excuse. And I'm like, that's a pretty good excuse considering you got 19 and 18 year olds out there, um, or 19 yeah. year olds, sorry. And the Bruins also are now the one team in the NHL with the most rookie goals on the season yeah isn't that crazy yeah and it's uh they've got most rookie goals and they've got the most goals scored by first uh, by rookie players on a team so like there's been players come up score their first nhl goal and go back down so that is that is crazy yeah and and i'm pleasantly surprised with danton heinen and in his game that he brought this year 
Uh, 12 games last season, his first NHL st- uh, stint. Uh, was not impressed at all. I mean, he, he did get some time, did get some looks, but just didn't make it. Went down to the AHL Providence. Uh, worked hard, but his offensive numbers weren't there until later on in the season when him and Jake DeBrusque really turned it on. And and he was one of those cornerstone players that really pushed and helped uh, the Providence Bruins get to the uh, a conference final. Um, so uh, it, it, Heinen is just... I know back in the day, if if, if uh, the listeners remember, I wasn't I wasn't too high on him leaving no. college early. You weren't you you. No offense, buddy. I, I, you usually are not a big fan of guys leaving college early. Yeah, I mean, just just by just by the way of the development, I like to see the kids develop, and and also taking the time to look ahead and see what you're what you're going with. You know, I just don't go. No, he can't come in. I look. Well, at, one thing I say is AHL proves a lot of people wrong everybody always thinks the ahl and mark i i know you love the ahl and they make players into good players it never hurts anybody jason spezza he yep. played in the ohl there's so many guys that played in the ahl they've become great hockey players and dan heinen was up if you remember he was up on the first line last year at one point yeah and then he got sent back down didn't didn't you know stick his head between his legs instead he persevered played great as you said and now he's on the team and yep. probably is not going back down anytime soon I wouldn't. I'm, I'm definitely eating all my words that I, I said about him uh, leaving college early. Um, but it, it did take, uh, you know, a year and or, or a season and a quarter to, to, to finally see that. So um, it just takes time. And, and to see that that sample size grow into what he is now, I if he's sent down to Providence, I, I think somebody's going to screw loose. Hey, it just goes to show how good our system is and how well the coaching staff is training our players. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, kudos to those guys because they're the ones that, you know, construct a team that's enjoyable to watch regardless of uh, depression and depressing times and so on. This is just this is just how it goes. I mean, every team goes through uh, seasons like this. Um, it's, it's how you uh, – put the pieces together and, and move forward with an organization as the Bruins have done so far right now. So, yep. Um, I wanted to touch on a recent trade that happened and I was, I was kind of cons- I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Um, Sammy Vatnin, uh, the defenseman from Anaheim who is now with New Jersey and Adam Henrique, the center that was for in New Jersey that went to Anaheim, and uh, J- uh, I think it's Blandizi. Yeah, Joseph. Blandese. Joseph Blandizi, another quality player, uh, gritty player. Now, I was just thinking, and when this happened, I'm like, I mean, Ryan Spooner is younger than Adam Henrique, um, probably not the same skill set, but. Not cool. even close. No, no. So, I, I, okay, my opinion. That's just my opinion. I think Adam Henrique is. Uh, he's got more of a two-way game, and Spooner is only is a one-dimensional. Okay, so, so, just just saying, you wouldn't mm-hmm. trade Spooner and. Uh, I hate saying this, but uh, Jakob Borrell and a pick for Vatnin. No, no, because Vatnin has played pretty horrible this season. Yeah, declining hard. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I was gonna say straight away when you started mentioning this, Anaheim stole like got a really good like offer for him. 
Yeah, but yeah, I, I think, I'm I, wondering whether it's New Jersey that asked for the trade or Anaheim who asked for the trade. Because to me, it sounds like New Jersey asked for the trade and Anaheim fleeced them. Yeah, agreed. Like, like Because Adam Henrique has played first-line centre for the New Jersey Devils for, what, two, three years? Until this year. Yeah, and has pretty much... I'd say the same as Corey Schneider. He's been the guy who's the glue who's held it together. If it wasn't for players like him, they'd have fallen apart a long time. And ago. has a great contract. Yeah, and he's really underrated as well. If you think Carl Soderberg when he first came to the Bruins, that's kind of what you're getting. Yeah, quality, quality down the third or second line center for and Anaheim, Anaheim forward. Anaheim quality. traded out of out of excess like they they have defense yeah well they have a uh, jacob lawson the prospect who's right-handed as well i believe he can step right into the nhl and play for them um i i think the time has come for vatanen to leave i think he had a quality few years but his play is just gone and especially with players going down like you haven't got kessler bailing guys out on the back end much like you didn't have Bergeron bailing guys out in Boston because Kessler has a quality two-way game. Uh, and you don't have... Um, who else are they missing? A lot. They're missing Ricard Raquel, Jakob Silverberg. They got a lot of injuries. Yeah. I mean, you, you're missing your first two centers right there with Getzlaff and Kessler. You get a guy, Adam Henrique... And you're missing Ricard Raquel, who's played centre at some times for them. Uh, you get a guy who steps right in there, can play their first line minutes. Not amazingly, but he can fill that gap until one of them comes back and then he can take the second line or third line centre job. But I get uh, where you're going at, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but do you guys think that the, the declining <clears throat> Vatnin is due to a product of um, how Anaheim is playing this season? I mean... They're fourth from the last in the Western Conference. But you also, uh, for some reason, I, I don't think we need to acquire a defenseman. Like, I understand no. our depth isn't there, but I, I just, if, if it's Ryan Spooner, sure. Okay. No offense to the guy. He is the odd man out. Right. I, I, I look at this roster and I look at the youth that we have on this team. Ryan Spooner played great last game. He hasn't looked bad out there at all. Um, some people say he is, but for what he brings to the brings to the table and what he is he does what he does he, uh, when people are like oh he's getting scored on that's not what he's here for but if we're going to get a defenseman for him but i wouldn't i wouldn't mortgage the future to go out and get one like zaboro i haven't haven't seen enough for him yet to uh just give up on him already i know a lot of people um he's been the flavor of the week lately in twitter um to dump on but uh yeah, i would he, like to see him in action because he hasn't been playing he's been injured Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's quite funny because he was playing very well before he got injured. Yeah, so I don't know why people are dumping on him, even though he uh, doesn't have any points. That's the Rask. thing. Plus, that's the thing. With, they um, can't dump on Rask right now. That's why they need yeah. to. They need somebody to dump on, and Bolesky's not even playing. So, hey, you want with Vatanen, um, you, we I don't think they need Vatanen. He's right-handed, never plays the left side. Uh, if anything, they need a left-handed defenseman for the bottom pairing. A hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see a guy like that coming across, but 
there's other guys around the league that you could probably swap Ryan Spooner with an older guy or a younger guy that's not doing very well. well. And, and when McQuaid comes back, who are you sitting? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. everyone's waiver eligible, other than Grizzlick. Uh, and then Pulsmer's the odd one out who oh, you Grizzlick probably will... have to waive. Grizzlick's is playing decent. He'll go back down. Um, it's not going to hurt him to have another another year in the AHL. But I I could see him as a serv- serviceable NHL defenseman. Before I didn't, and then his last few games and this year, I'm like, he could uh, a little more season in the AHL. He could he could be a he could be a player in the NHL. Yeah. He could be a bottom pair defenseman, no problem. But the thing is, he's got a lot of Krug in him. Um, yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I think. He'd be the first pe- person that people would dump on as soon as anything goes wrong, because no, I saw a lot of people. Back. <laughs> I yeah, saw right. a lot of people calling him out on his size, saying that he's not good enough, uh, saying that his skills not there. They went I very saw quiet dump on him when he had the yeah. But I mean, I think he's played really well to say he that hit. he's been brought up in this is his second professional year. Yeah, I believe. He, he yeah. grips his stick a little less tight because he was a uh, he's still uh, he's still new. He scores. He had he had many a chance last game. He had some open 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 lanes that he uh, just could get the puck on that. Hey, uh, yeah. Speaking of Krug, um, Spencer Fischetta, uh team player at the Black and Gold Hockey Blog dot com, uh, just uh, released a, a fantastic article. Uh, it's a long one. That's about sixteen hundred words, and wow. but he did a really good job, and he got um, he's been in close uh, contact with uh, Andrew Berkshire, so uh, with uh, permission to use uh, certain graphs and stats, and Andrew was uh, kind enough to to allow that to happen, and uh, he released that today. So please uh, check it out. Uh, thank you, Andrew Berkshire. I know you don't listen, big guy, but we appreciate the uh, um, your thoughtfulness and uh, you know having uh, Spencer add some of your material in so class act um yeah we didn't do the uh we didn't do the predictions for we, last week <laughs> we haven't been doing predictions but no um what have we got coming up next week i got monday night uh nashville at, at nashville thursday night home against arizona and hmm. saturday night home against the islanders yeah we have a could be a three and zero week because we play well against Nashville. Yeah. Plus I'll we hate PKC Ben. I'll go two and one. What game are they losing, Rob? Out of curiosity. Uh, either Arizona or the Islanders. Oh. I think I think it's going to be the Islanders, There's, but yeah. I can see them. I can see them playing down to Arizona. Oh, I really can. Arizona, that's embarrassing. Yep. But it can happen. You know what? And I, I just Arizona, think they'll lose one. I think yeah, no. we, what we've won six of seven out of the last seven games. Uh, I think from the beginning of the season where we were winning one, then losing one all the time, we were a 500 team. I think they'll probably drop one this week, maybe drop one the next week, but I think they'll stick to two wins, one loss for the next few weeks. They lose to Arizona? And the social media of Twitter and Facebook will disown this team in a heartbeat. Oh, good. <laughs> That's all right. I'll get the bolts ready for them. They can sail uh, off. I am going to go because I am celebrating my birthday tomorrow. This is my birthday week, so I'm going to go 3-0, and I hopefully the Bruins give me that gift. 
They, oh. They've never lost on my birthday. I've been lucky. Also, have to give a birthday shout out to another fantastic person that celebrates their birthday on December fourth. Uh, listener and passionate listener, uh, man. When we don't get uh, a show out, she's on my case, and I love it. So, Anastasia, you know who you are. Happy birthday to you, and thank you for all your support. So, um, I I'm gonna go two and one, and uh, unfortunately, the game I think we will lose is the national game in Nashville. Ouch. Just solely based on Nashville's a very good hockey club. You got Tuca versus Pekka. It, there's a lot of. I, Actually, I'm calling, I'm calling. I'm calling. We're still getting a point in every game, and that game, Nashville goes to overtime. Actually, from what I've heard, is uh, Cassie has already stated that. Um, oh, Dobie's playing. Yeah, Dobie right. will get that start. Yes, that's true. So, well, it remains to be seen. I mean that. I mean any well, call. No, I'm okay with that. You guys yeah. do not remember what happened last year. The last time Tuca played in Nashville, what happened? Oh, he got shelled. No, he got a puck off the head and got a concussion. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, who was the player? Shelly. He was playing amazing that game, and then he got hit in the head. Who was the player that hit him? Oh, oh took the shot. Um, I wish it was PK, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. At home? No, it wasn't yeah. a Fila. Maybe, I don't oh, know. Oh, Fiala. Fiala, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Is it Kevin Fiala? Who, yeah, yes. the guy who broke his leg in half. Like oh. the ball in half oh, during man. the playoffs. Yes. And the the doctors, when they released the statement about it, said that these type of injuries happen in car crashes that fatally kill people, <laughs> not hockey games. Right. So, yeah, that guy is a, oh. that guy's an absolute beast yeah. coming back so, this season with it. I'm okay with Rass not going in net inside um, in, in Nashville, just based on bad luck. As you know, Keep the Bruins this year. The Bruins this year are all about the bad luck, <laughs> right? Jekyll and Hyde, bipolar. No injuries. I wasn't. Oh. I, I'm still. I'm still on that bandwagon that I'm. I'm giving the excuses. I'm allowing this. <laughs> That's all right. We'll allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. I just, just proving you wrong all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um. I think that's going to do it for a show. Do we have any mailbag questions? We have no mailbag questions. Oh. See, you guys suck. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Darren we Burris, did. I expect one next week since you're back to social media. I expect I a mailbag expect question. two. Yeah, you two. Have two. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. yeah. Missing... You missed a week, so you get two. He's missed a month because he's had some things. Oh, you get four then. Yeah, yeah you, you got to get... get some questions in there. Get as many as you want, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we definitely encourage that. Um, if you definitely want to get in the mailbag, go to uh, patreon.com slash podcast. Or yeah. for the people like Darren who donate outside of Patreon, just shoot us a message. Yep, absolutely. We will take care of the, the our awesome listeners that way too. Um, I guess that's it for another week. That was a great show. Um Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. The constant support is amazing. Uh, I just wanted to touch on this. We um, on my ticker on SoundCloud, which is our our host, uh, has just passed thirty thousand listens. Wow. So nice. that's that's a pretty cool uh, um, thing, and proud of that. Um, and we're only getting bigger because uh, the uh, outlets that we're using now, iHeartRadio. We've only been on for a couple of weeks has shot our numbers up immensely. So uh, find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, 
uh, the Grandstand Sports Network um, and uh, Player.fm. Uh, anywhere where you find a podcatcher, I believe. Oh, we're on Podbean. We're also on Podbean for Android listeners because a few uh, friends uh, reached out and said that they have Android devices and they're not able to listen to the show. So I hooked that I've up. I've never heard of that before until now. Yep. And that's a huge outlet too. So mm. we're on like seven, eight, eight of them now. So gaining popularity. People love this. And I believe you have an interview. I do. This. Right after this, yeah. uh, the, the lovely Rhonda McClure. Um, she writes for the pinkpuck.com. It joined me this morning and to talk about her experience, uh, covering the frozen four, I'm sorry, the friendship four over in Northern Ireland in Belfast, uh, four colleges participated in this tournament every year. I think this is the third annual and she's been over there for three straight times. So, and we talked some Bruins because she is our, um, our insider. She, uh, she's the black and gold hockey podcast insider as she gets close 100%. to the team. Yeah. She's a great, great job. Follow her, um, and read her stuff. So that'll do it. Um, guys have a very good week. Um, I will definitely talk to you, um, during and, uh, yeah. yeah. And you have a great birthday tomorrow. Thank you yeah. very much. I appreciate it. I'm going to get and a new... I hope I hope you have Buster over and see your dad and everything. I hope it's a great time for you. I'm actually going to see the Bee Sizzle uh, this afternoon to pick up my new phone. My dad works at Apple, so um, he's hooking me up. Your dad works That's at awesome. Apple? Yep. That's awesome. There he is. Um, yeah, and so I get to visit with a dog today and get my new phone because my, my phone has completely crapped the bed, so... Got to keep in touch with my friends, you two guys. Um, so, all right, that'll do it. So I got to get out of here and go shopping. <laughs> all right. Guys, have a great week. Thanks again for the support. Peace out. Hey, Bruins fans, I have a special treat today. Um, returning guest, uh, Rhonda McClure from thepinkpuck.com. Uh, she covers the uh, the Bruins uh, for that website. And you can find her at Hockey Maven 1917 Rhonda, welcome back, and thank you very much for your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, before before we uh, we get into the, the Bruins conversation, I really, really am interested in finding out um, how your trip went to Ireland and covering the, uh, the Friendship Four. Oh, it was awesome. And technically, it's Northern Ireland. Oh, I'm sorry, Northern Ireland? That's okay. Belfast, uh, correct? Yeah, in Belfast, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a great experience. This is my third time going over, and uh, I love the the I love the way the Belfast hockey fans embrace the college hockey. Yeah, it it, it definitely. I've seen, I watched uh, the University of Maine game. Uh, I believe they were playing RPI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, who are the other? Who are the two other teams that were involved? So the four teams this year for uh, the tournament from the ECAC division were RPI and Clarkson and then from Hockey East we had the University of Maine and uh, Providence College nice yeah I, like I said I, I I watched the uh, the U Maine game against RPI uh, and thought that was uh, really cool um, they the fans seem to definitely get into it definitely uh, the the teams go over for a whole week uh, so it's not like they're you know getting off a plane and then immediately into uh, the the games, 
they end up, they go over, usually I think it's on the, that Monday, and uh, they are, you know, interacting with school kids throughout the week. So a lot of the school kids make signs and come to cheer the team that came to their school. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Very, uh, very good to get uh, interact with the, the younger uh, children. And also, um, a, a big thing for me is, is the expansion of the game into countries that you just wouldn't normally um, see it go. And, and by doing that with the interaction with the kids, uh, it gets the, uh, the notion that, you know, you want to learn more about the sport and, and, pro- and possibly get involved in the sport. Exactly. You know, they've been, you know, the NHL, of course, is expanding over into Asia. And uh, this was a, you know, being that Boston is a sister city, that's sort of what initially started this. And it was such a huge hit three years ago with the the inaugural teams uh, that it was, you know, it was just a fascinating thing to experience. And uh, there's a now is it is the Belfast Giants a is that a semi pro team or just a club team? No, they're a uh, pro team. They they are part of the uh, Elite Ice Hockey League, which is a all British uh, league or UK league. Uh, there are how many teams now? I want to say ten, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but the most of them are in Scotland and the you know and England. There's only the uh, and Wales. This is the only one that is in uh, Northern Ireland. That's awesome. Um, actually, uh, co-host Rob, who is from England, has mentioned many times about the Elite League and um, and the expansion and how you know they're trying to make it work in a, in an area that is very uncommon for hockey. But um, you know, it's always good to good to see the growth of the game. Yes. Um, Belfast has definitely embraced the game. Um, in fact, the night before I left to rec- to come home, the Belfast Giants were on the road, and they had actually set it up with a, a movie theater to uh, display the away game. Uh, and so, yeah, a bunch of us had tickets, and we went and we watched it on the big screen. Oh, that's wicked cool! Yeah. Um... Anything else that you uh, that you experienced over there besides the uh, a couple good pints? Uh, <laughs> I saw your pictures and I, I thought they were fantastic of the people over there. Yeah, you know, it was it was actually it was nice to actually meet some of the people I've been talking to on Twitter and Facebook. Um, you know, because of course now that I'm over there every year, I I pick up more and more followers from that area, and uh, so it was nice to meet some of them in person. Um, and then in the Belfast Giants, uh, when they're at home, there's a group called the Boomerang Corner, and uh, they are quite the rowdy bunch, <laughs> and I love them to death. But I actually went and sat with them during. Uh, so they had, in addition to the the college games, there was a testimonial game for a longtime Belfast Giant, Colin Shields, and so I was over in Boomerang Corner for a bit while we were watching that game. Oh, that's very nice. Um... So that after your third experience there, um, you're also going to the Olympics this year. Uh, well, not in 2018. Is that still going on? It is indeed. Well, uh, assuming we've still got Korea then. Right, right. <laughs> uh, 
That should be a very, very interesting experience for you. And this will this be your first uh, coverage? Yes, it will. I'm so excited about it. That is wicked cool. Um, a woman of all travels. Uh, <laughs> um, let's get back to home a little bit. Um, let's talk some uh, about the Bruins and their recent, you know, troubles in the beginning of the season and 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 the turnaround. Um, obviously, uh, players are getting healthy. They're coming back to the lineup. And and the locker room, I'm not in the locker room. I know you, you visit frequently, but um, I'm getting a sense that this team is starting to believe in itself. And as, as members come back, the core is, 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 is really thriving. Um, and they, it seems like they're really trying to make a run at this. Um, do you see any changes in the locker room? But, I mean, I know you can't you know talk specifics, but the feeling in the locker room, is it more inspirational or is it just the same day to day and they, they're, they're, you know, not saying they're robots or anything like that, but, um, do you see changes at all? Uh, I, I would say yes. I mean, I, I will say they're one of those teams that really preaches and applies the never too high, never too low, uh, mentality so that if they are having, you know, a couple of bad games, they don't, they don't get so low that they can't pull themselves out. Um, and kind of saw like when they were playing the the Flyers, and we know that the Flyers are struggling right now, and you could see it on the ice. The Bruins' mentality is to try not to get to that point of being so um, you know lacking in confidence. Yeah. So you don't necessarily see a super high Bruins, uh, but you can tell that some of the players are definitely feeling more confident, and that they you know they recognize that when they're a healthy team that they are one to, you know, to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, how about the, the, um, insertion of the young talent? I mean, we've, we've seen for the past, um, three or four years, uh, these kids come through a development camp and, and we, we've talked several times about, uh, how and where they're going to be placed in the future. But with the injuries this year and this, been so many of them in games, uh, man games lost. These kids are getting a chance. Um, and uh, are you surprised at, at the insertion of these kids and, and how they're playing at, at this level? I'm really not surprised per se, um, you know, because we have seen what they're capable of in the various camps. Uh, I think that I may be surprised at the number of opportunities that, that they're getting this year because we you know, the, the Bruins just seem to, you know, one comes back and three go out with injuries practically. Uh, so there's certainly more opportunity for them than we've seen in the past. Uh, usually it's, you know, one at a time getting that opportunity to prove that they belong with the big club. Um, and some of them are just built for that, I think, you know, to seize those big moment uh, opportunities. Yeah, and it's definitely... It's definitely good to have them involved and get a taste, it, it, but it sucks to have them there because of injuries and, and you know, other things. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, everybody screams, oh, we need young talent, we need young talent, but the young talent make mistakes, yeah. and that can be costly in a game. So, you know, it's sort of like growing pains. Yep. Um, well, how do you feel about, I mean, we're definitely past the, these uh, Thanksgiving 
threshold, and and that's usually where a lot of people gauge where this team's going to end up. Um, uh, right now, they're sitting outside the uh, the wild card picture uh, by three points. Um, do, do you feel that they they as they continue to get healthy, Krejci has been in and out of the lineup, and he seems to be a uh, a huge uh, key to the success of this team. Um, and you can definitely tell uh, when he's off the ice and when he's on the ice, you can definitely see that. Um, do, do you think this team can, can at least uh, get to where it was last year with a playoff spot? I absolutely do. I mean, we're still missing, you know, we're still missing an, uh, an underrated player in McQuaid. Uh, and, Bacchus also came back, and he is—he's a huge uh, influence both on the bench and on the ice. He's a gritty player, and he will do as we saw, whatever it takes, even if he is only 27 days out of surgery. Uh, you know, diving plays on the ice, um, and so I think that if they can get their the core guys all healthy and all playing, they're going to make a strong run. I—I uh, I did not have them. I had them on as a fringe team. I had them making it, but you know, as you've seen in uh, the past three seasons, it, they've been on and off by just mere points. And I kind of had, with no changes uh, over the summer, I kind of had them at the same area. I obviously hope they make the playoffs, and definitely hope they they can they can make a, at least a second round appearance. But um, as this team gets together, I mean. It's just proving that it it can be a realistic goal uh, this season, even though that I thought, um, um, you know, d- during the off season it was probably a hit or miss. But um, everybody getting back uh, is is a positive thing, and and definitely you can see uh, fan reaction is very good. So I mean, it's always good to have um, you know everybody on board and pumping the team up and getting ready for a for a postseason run. Uh, and, yep. and, and with the postseason run, it's good to have two goaltenders that are that are playing as of right now, pretty decent. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think that that Doby is one of those who does need a little more consistency in his play. Like you know, to to not play for eight, ten, twelve games and then be popped in. Uh, I think, you know. In talking to goalies in the past, that's tough, even if you're elite, because you can't simulate a game in practice, no matter how hard you try. And so him getting more games like that maybe gets him that rhythm he needs to sustain him throughout the the season with the, you know, one here, one there, as Rask has now, you know, is becoming more confident in his net. Yeah, I, I I'm a huge Rask fan, and we are on the show as as you might have guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, we're not blind to his his struggles, and and when he has bad games, I mean, we all hear it. Either um, you know if it's unrealistic or just irrational. Um, but I, we all know that the talent's there, and and definitely you can see the struggles, and whether it be. Uh, uh, players missing uh, due to injury on that defensive core that he re- heavily relies on or what, but it's really good to see him uh, take those games off. I'm not sure how many games he, I think what, was it was five, four or five games that he sat while Doby had the reins and, uh, and learn from that. I mean, uh, Matt Bleski's uh, constantly scratched and viewing from the ninth floor. 
So this might be Rask's, um, or, or could have been Rask's, um, you know, way to, to view the game from the bench, you know, and, and, and just be, think about how to get better. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, there's, you know, there was a, a, a multi-thread conversation going on uh, on one of the Facebook things about how the team was playing differently in front of Dobie and that that seemed to be something that people weren't understanding. But if you're really confident in your goaltender behind you, you're going to do things that you won't do when you have to stay close to home and, you know, protect that crease. Uh, if you know your goaltender is going to get stuff that might get through because you're trying something more aggressive. Uh, so I think that if they do, you know, as Rask's confidence is clearly improving now, uh, that they might be able to do that in front of both of their goaltenders, and that will help them immensely as well. Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing is more important than to you know solidifying some great goaltending uh, in the crease, and especially this time, you know, you come in into December, which is your middle part of the season, and you know, if you if you if you definitely want to you know make that make that run for the playoffs. Um, Riding Rask a, a little hard in the first couple of weeks past the new year isn't that bad, but then start inserting Hudobin to get that rest that Rask needs to, you know, to if they if they do make the playoffs, he, I mean, he could stay a little fresh, you know. Exactly. Um, what else? Um, Bacchus, I got to talk about Bacchus because this guy is just a a tank. Um, yeah. Diverticulitis has uh, 10 inches of his colon removed. Um, and it, like you mentioned, he was 27 days post-surgery. He's back on the ice when he was supposed to miss a lot more time. Um, and it seems like that the team, um, I mean, I don't know because I'm not on the bench or anything like that. But from what I've seen, it just seems like they they really welcomed him back and 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 especially yesterday's game and you know the Philadelphia Boston rivalry or or you know the matchups are, are always gritty and tough but when Bacchus is in these in the lineup it seems like this team steps it up physically definitely and he's he's such although he's not been with the Bruins for a long time he has definitely filled uh you know maybe a I don't know as I want to call it a void but he's filled a solid spot in the core uh, as leadership, um, you know, talking to the, the young kids and maybe, you know, helping them to uh, push off maybe some uncertainty. Uh, but then he is, he leads by example, much like Bergeron does, where he just puts it all out on the line. And you know that when he goes out there, he's going to give 110%. He may not get a goal every time, but he's going to do whatever he can to try and make that happen. Yeah. And, it's so important to have, you know, that core all together and, and gelling as one. So, um, uh, what about Tory Krug? There's a lot of, because he doesn't have any no trades or no movement. Um, do you see him as, as a, as a trade piece or, or, or something to build on? I really see him as something to build on. Uh, I think that he is indicative of where a lot of the teams are going with their defense, where it's a more of an offensive defense. Uh, and he certainly can do that. 
Um, I think he's he's gotten some, you know, a lot of negativity thrown at him that perhaps he doesn't deserve um, because it's it really is a team sport. You know, they win and lose as a team. And a lot of times certain stats are pulled out to say, well, this is why he shouldn't be here or this is why we should trade him or get rid of him. And I think that when they're taken out of context, it gives a, a an inaccurate picture to him. He's a speedy little guy. He has, you know, some great uh, hockey IQ. And when he's paired with uh, another defenseman who uh, compliments him, he can be a force. Yeah, I, I see on this on this certain topic that's been brought up so many times in the past couple of weeks. Um, I see both sides of the coin. I see value. Uh, in a trade asset and I also see value on the team and uh, on a team that's building um, stronger defensively they're not they're not there as of right now but as these young kids and and older veterans um, cycle through their 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 professional years and and you know new new members are being added I think this defensive core is going to be as strong if not stronger than 2011 which brought the Stanley Cup back to Boston but uh, you need players like Tory Krug. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and and the way he transitions the puck, um, and y- you need that. And 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 to me, a lot of times uh, Bruce Cassidy brings that up is you got to have a better transitioning game. And mm-hmm. and without a player like Krug, um, you, you're you're really taking a step backwards. But like I said, I do see both sides of the coin when it comes to a value player like him. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw it when he was out. Uh, after taking that puck, uh, you know, before he came back, that that the transitioning game wasn't there, like we had seen it. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I kind of think that, and it's been brought up, but uh, and I know he didn't like it. He mentioned on a, on an interview that he did not like the that jar uh, protector, but uh, you could definitely see his game change after that was taken off. Exactly. Well, a lot of what they do is there's a muscle memory. There's there's things where their brain is not actually, you know, they're not consciously thinking. And so anything that alters that, their, you know, peripheral vision or whatever can affect their overall game. And I'm sure that that, that jaw protector did that for him. Right. I, I, I play hockey on Tuesday nights and and I wear a full cage, which I'm, I really don't like wearing, but you should see the shots that some of these guys take. So it's definitely, definitely uh, worth having, but I can definitely tell, you know, that, that my vision is, is blocked. It's not all there, you know, because I have this, this wired cage in front of my face. So mm-hmm. I can definitely understand where he's coming from. Um, speaking of Bruce Cassidy, um, How's your evaluation so far from when he took over in the uh, late last season into into this year, and 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 to have him see this team the way it is right now, um, it's struggling but getting better as they get healthier. Um, do you think he's always had the locker room and always had the the, the inspirational um, voice that this team needs to move forward? I do. Uh, of course, I followed him and would interview him down in Providence as well. Uh, he is just an amazing uh, coach. He really listens to the players. He uh, he recognizes 
a lot of of the the intangibles that that the fans don't necessarily see out on the ice but that are so crucial to a well-gelled and you know cohesive team and he recognizes that and he is certainly not afraid to point out if he feels like one of the players is being uh, undervalued by the media or by you know when he recognizes that they're doing something that's crucial to a win but that doesn't show up on the score sheet yeah um i've i've even seen him kind of go off at at training camp i i know a young player like jakob's voice Vaka carlson was um just doing drills and and bruce uh gave it to him like you know you got to do it this way and was very um you know high on the voice so you could definitely hear it in the uh in the warrior ice arena when we were there but um you know it's I think it's good to have a coach like that and, and bringing in uh, Kevin Dean as an assistant coach and, and obviously Pandolfo and Sacco stayed on board. So you definitely have um, good bench bosses behind there to give uh, proper uh, instructions and, and the way things and the way, you know, basically Bruins hockey is all about. But um, oh, well, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I think moving forward – with that, with that lineup behind the bench, um, and with, with the young talent that's going to come in, I think the Bruins are, are setting up for something really nice. And and to have a coach like Cassidy, who was with the Providence team for several years, um, is is a, is a right step in the right direction. I'm not saying that Claude was a very bad coach, or, or I'm not even going to go there with the whole, you know, he's not playing the kids crap, um, but moving forward and with these guys that were picked in the 2015 draft, you know, we had three in a row. I mean, there were 12 picks and oh, I'm sorry, 10 picks in the seven round draft. Now all of those players are knocking on the door of NHL careers. So his insertion uh, as the bench boss is, is important for them and, and, and the organization as a whole. Exactly. And he is, he is a strong believer in the player will tell me when he's ready to play. Uh, and he will, you know, we, you know, obviously we think of that as, you know, him, you know, the player going up and saying, hey, coach, put me in. But he is looking at that player from many different angles. And he knows when they're ready and when they're most, you know, they're going to be the the best, that best moment for them. Uh, now, granted, with all the injuries, he's perhaps had to step that, that, that up with some of the guys. But I think even that he's picked the ones that are strong enough to handle that. Yeah, and what I'm most impressed with is is he can um, he can trust. There's a trust factor with the younger players that, and and I might be contradicting myself by you know maybe saying that Claude didn't have that trust factor with certain with certain players, uh, i.e. Ryan Spooner or whatever. But um, uh, definitely moving forward, I mean he is a he's a good coach, and and you could definitely see that in his interviews when he when he's taken it from the media. Um, he's, he's, you can see the passion. You can see that he sticks up for his players too, like you mentioned. Um, and, and that's important. Um, cause you know, moving forward, we're, it, like you said, it's a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team, but to have the supporting, uh, roles, uh, like, like Bruce and, and Kevin Dean and Pandolfo and Sacco, um, moving forward, there's something very exciting happening. Oh yes, I definitely agree. And you know, we're seeing some of these young kids in their first ever NHL experience. 
you know, what are we up to? Something like, you know, eight, 10 who've gotten their first career goals. Yeah. Um, and as we move forward in the season, those players are going to need that insight from, from the bench bosses uh, to keep going and to, to ride out maybe if they are struggling a bit. You know, they're coming into a level that they've maybe never experienced before. And that can play, you know, a little bit with your psyche. Um, uh, healthy scratches. Um, Matt Bolesky has been pretty much the whipping boy this, this season. Uh, he's really struggling hard. Um, do you happen to feel that he, he might be like, and I, they didn't do it with Jimmy Hayes when he was struggling. So I doubt they're going to do it with Bolesky, but would you think that the, an option to waive him would be possible? Um, I mean, it's possible, but given what happened with, um, you know, Subban, they may not do it uh, just because, you know, they've invested a lot in Bolesky and you don't, you just don't want to give that up if he gets claimed. Yeah. I, I just, there's a lot of talk on the, um, on the old social media about, about how he should be waived. And I kind of bring up that if, if Jimmy Hayes didn't get waived then don't expect this, this club to, to do it with him. And, um, regardless of where he goes in the, in the AHL or, or on the ice in the NHL, uh, he's he's gonna get paid. So I mean, even though you take a certain percentage off for the for the um, for the send down, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're still it's still coming out of pocket. And it just the, the Jacobs seem to me, in in my personal opinion, like they want to get uh, max value out of every contract, like any owner would. But um, they really don't mind if they're sitting from the ninth floor besides uh, you and the other great writers of the Boston Bruins. You know, and I think uh, there's there's some, you know, obviously there's some some business sense to that, but maybe he, you know, there's so many things that that hockey doesn't let you know um, about players, and maybe their his view from the ninth floor. I know I've talked to a number of the players who said, yeah, you you can see how much space you have there when down on on the ice you don't. And he may just be struggling and they're going to hope that they can ride that out and, and be able to put him back out there. Cause I know that that's what he wants to do. And sometimes you just don't have the luxury of being able to let him work that out on the ice uh, because of the points. Right. Yeah. That's, it's too bad when everything comes down to, I mean, that's where everybody goes to nowadays is the stat sheet and what they're doing um, they're opposed to what they're doing on the ice, and and you know I'm not I'm, I'm not going to knock him at uh, Blesky at all, but uh, when he does get his his chance to come down and 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 get involved, um, you do see him working a little harder, gripping the stick a little much, and um, and trying different things to get better. But um, it just doesn't seem like he's getting the consistency that he actually needs to stay in on a night to night basis. Yeah. And, you know, and again, because we have all of the, the, you know, the, there are so many of these young guys that are kind of almost ready and, and really on the cusp, it makes it all the harder for him as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, 
Rhonda, I think that's um, that's all I have for you. I, I want to thank you again for uh, returning as a, as one of our favorite guests and um, and 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 uh, the Black and Gold Hockey uh, Podcast um, Insider. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, please, everybody, um, please follow Rhonda at thepinkpuck.com. She's a fantastic writer of everything Bruins. You can also follow her on Twitter at HockeyMaven1917. Rhonda, thank you so much again, and I look forward to hopefully bumping into you at a, at a practice sometime soon. And uh, if not, we will do our, um, our yearly meetup at uh, development camp and training camp. Absolutely. And thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. Take care. Thanks. You too. Hey guys, welcome back for this week's Bruins prospect update for November 26th through December 2nd, 2017. Starting off the American Hockey League, the Providence Bruins played in three games last week, going 3-0. and the week started on Sunday, November 26th with a 2-1 shootout victory on the road against the Charlotte Checkers. Baby B's goal scored by Colton Hargrove, his sixth on the power play, and shootout winner from Ryan Fitzgerald. Goaltender on loan, Jordan Binton, got the win in goal, stopping 18 and 19 shots. On Friday, December 1st, the Bruins played host to the Binghamton Devils at the dunk and walked away with a 3-2 win in front of the home crowd. B's goal scored by Kenny Agostino, his fifth, Ryan Fitzgerald on the power play, his sixth, and Jakob Sporsbacher Carlson on the power play, his sixth. Zane McIntyre got the starting goal, making 29 of 32, uh, 29 saves on 32 shots. On Saturday, December 2nd, the Bees played the second game of back-to-back home games against the Binghamton team, beating the Devils by a score of 4-2. Bruins goal scored by Zach Sanchez, his third. Jordan Swartz got his 6th and 7th, and Rob O'Gara got his first of the season. Goaltender on loan, Jordan Binghamton, got the job in the crease on this night, making 25 saves on 27 shots. In the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators goaltender Dan Vladar started in two games last week, beginning on Sunday, November 26th, with a home game against the Jacksonville Icemen and only to make three saves before leaving the game in the first period for precautionary reasons. The Glads managed to pull off the 4-2 victory, even though the 2015 third-round pick had to leave the game. On Friday, December 1st, Vladar and his Glads team lost 5-3 to the Florida Everblades on home ice. Vladar stopped 26-30 of 30 shots. In the Ontario Hockey League, the Oshawa Generals 2017 Second-round pick Jack Sunika has been red-hot lately and continued with three games last week and scoring three goals, two assists, five points, but snapped a seven-game point streak, which was season-long, with uh, no points against the Winter Spitfires on December 2nd. Jack now has 10 goals, 19 assists, 29 points in 29 games this season. NCAA Men's Hockey. Jeremy Swayman, University of Maine, the 2017 fourth-round selection, played in two games last week against the, both against the University of Vermont. Uh, the first was a 2-2 tie, making 22 saves on 24 shots on Friday, December 1st. The second game on the weekend was Saturday, December 2nd, once again against the Catamounts. This time a huge 6-2 win for the Black Bears, stopping 39 of 41 shots. Swayman is now 5-3-1. On the NCAA season, dropping his goals against average down to 2.38 and .925 save percentage. Ryan Donato, Harvard University. 
Ryan played in two games last week, scoring a hat trick on Friday, December 1st, against the Quinnipiac Bobcats, and added a goal and an assist on Saturday, December 2nd, um, against the Princeton Tigers. Donato now has a point in every game played so far this season, which is a 10-game point streak. He now has eight goals, seven assists, 15 points in 2017-18. Trent Frederick, University of Wisconsin. After going pointless over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, the former 2016 first-round pick got back to work offensively in both games against the University of Minnesota Gophers. On Friday, December 1st, he had a goal and followed that up on Saturday, December 2nd, with a goal and an assist. Trent now has eight goals, eight points, eight assists, 16 points in 19 games played. And that is your Bruins weekly prospect update from November 26th to December 2nd. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob Forty Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.